This is Daizen Shui XD Podcast, episode 149, for the week of October 12th, 2008. Welcome to Daizenshu EX, the podcast, an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan size. Daizenshu EX. We cover anything and someone, anyone, everything, Dragon Ball, in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. That's correct all. What's going on? Howdy hi. It's been two days since the last, uh, I don't know if you can really call it an episode, but last extravaganza of a show came out. We're recording early this week, and I was struggling to remember why, and then I remembered all the various things that are going on this week, but we will get to those in due time. Let us do our introductions. Over here to my less than proverbial right, recurring special guest character person, lady. What's up, Mary? I thought I graduated to regular by now. Yeah, you're just a host. You're here. Oh. Oh, awesome. You're it's awesome. even better than regular. You are as Co-host. awesome as the awesome bar. Which I just learned about a minute ago. It is a technical term. So I hear. That's the word on the street. It is. How are you? I'm fine. What's going on? I am gearing up for uh, not being at work <laughs> once <laughs> okay. uh, the wedding's over. Yeah, my brain during the day is pretty much out to lunch. So it's a miracle I'm even here doing the show and reading manga. It's actually a very nice distraction reading manga. It takes me away to a special happy place where I don't have to think about... Take me to a better place. Yeah. Jeff knows what I am singing. I you, hope. you and your arrested development. <laughs> Thank you. Very I can always nice. rely on you. <sighs> I was in the 90s, too, you know. Yeah, but so was Mary. She has no idea. I wasn't from... Jeff, name uh, one other Arrested Development song. Dude, Mr... Oh, crap. Mr. Mr. Wendell. Mr. Wendell. Wendell. There you go. And also, crap. (laughs) Everyday people. Everyday people is an acceptable answer. Yes. Thank you. Oh, my God. Do I win the grand prize? You do. All right. Talk about manga with us. Excellent. I'm on the show. Nice. I guess we're over to you now. Great. Well, I actually have a reason to be here this week. (laughs) That's right. Not that we managed to do a whole lot with you last week. No, but there were some awesome moments. There were indeed. Yes. You're here for a regularly scheduled appearance. Yes. That means it's time to talk about manga. That's right. Cool. Happiness. So we'll get to the manga in due time. Unfortunately, Julian cannot join us this episode, but at the very least, that means I can't fuck up his timeline or waveform or recording at all. So it's sad that he's not here, but it's Tuesday evening here, which means it's Wednesday morning there. But he's been on AIM at like 1 a.m. Japan time, just chatting it up. That dude needs to get his ass back on a regular sleep schedule. He's got children to take care of over there. No, he doesn't. Well, not his children. No, they're not his. It's not like he's fathering children in Japan, (laughs) as far as we know. Julian repopulating the (laughs) land of Japan. (laughs) Giving them strong children. (laughs) Oh, this is disturbing. Oh, God. All right, then. That leaves me. My name is Mike. Perhaps you know me as Vegito EX. And that's all I have to say about that. I know you as Mike. That's true. You may also know me as Mike. Uh, I know you as Mr. EX. I (laughs) suppose you could know me as that. You don't really call me that. Imagine how creepy it would be if around the house I was just like, hey, Vegeta EX. Maybe you've had this conversation. It would be extremely weird. Please don't ever do that. Well, that's how I originally knew you from your site. And sometimes I don't put two and two together that you're the guy from like Vegeta EX's homepage and I'm going to marry you. (laughs) To me, you're just Mike. Yes, it's true. I am. I'm a lovable guy with kitties and sparkles and (laughs) carbonated green tea. Um, You're totally killing your internet persona. I know. And crab soup. And crab soup. 
Do That's you right. like crab? <laughs> Sorry. Thank you for the two or three-year-old Otakon Did you like that text message I yes. sent you? <laughs> Jeff, I've been telling Mary that every text message I get from you is hilarity incarnate. <laughs> Great. I'm glad because I always think I'm a poser when I send you these texts. He's not going to He's going to think I'm totally stupid. I don't know. Oh, I love him. That's Jeff, awesome. you served as dinner. To, I, more appropriately, Joy served as dinner tonight. Yeah, pretty much. It was fantastic. Thank oh, you. Oh, my no God. Problem. It was... I'm so not used to having such an elaborate dinner during the weekdays. It was awesome. Yay! Well, I am glad that I was able to have people over finally in our in our lovely dining set with comfy chairs. Another set of comfy chairs, Mike. I do not like going over and sitting in your chairs at all whatsoever. Am I missing a joke here? Do you go over there when you go? And, <laughs> when and Jeff you is just not, sit in I chairs? just go over and sit in his chairs. <laughs> it's like Goldilocks. Let in. Is that where my extra keys went? Ah, <laughs> uh, let's talk about Dragon Ball stuff because that's what we're here to do. Uh, it's only been a few days. Well, technically, we recorded the last show last Thursday. Kind of came out on Sunday, so it's been a while since we last recorded. Does anyone have any stuff they want to comment on or discuss? Anything going on beyond any little bits of news? Anyone? No, unfortunately. No? Jeff, how about an update on your coworker in the Dragon Ball shirt? Anything going on? No updates, I'm afraid. Oh. Uh, but he's still awesome. Okay. Yeah, unfortunately, that's all I got. I got nothing. Yeah, me neither. That's a short stuff. That is really short stuff. Shall we just talk about some news then? Well, how about we talk about why we're going to be having a crazy busy weekend? Oh, mm-hmm. I so we can give Jeff a chance to plug. Get to that absolutely, Ooh. Jeff. Yes. Let's work backwards. Okay. Over the weekend, you're going to be down in Virginia, correct? That is correct. I'm going to be down there for Anime Weekend Atlanta in lovely Washington, D.C. You're going to be going down to Anime Weekend Atlanta? <laughs> oh my God, did there. I say that? <laughs> in Washington, Holy D.C. Crap. No, wait. You can go if you want. <laughs> it, no, they both start with A's. That's unfair. No, I'm going to AUSA, Anime USA in Washington, D.C. I, I think it would be a lot more funny if you went to AWA. AWA, AWA, AWA. I'm it is kind of like AWA. Dude, I'm totally going to wear an AWA shirt and go down there and be like, yeah, I'm here for the con. Where's my hotel? What are you doing down there? I am um, going to be doing a lot of stuff. I have a three-hour AMV panel that I'm doing with Vic Bond 007. Uh, I'm going to be part of the VAT staff, so I'll be hanging around the VAT a lot. Uh, I'm hopefully, 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 hopefully going to play rock band with the lovely guest, musical guest, Freeze Pop. Listen to you. He's so certain. I know, you're so sure of yourself. Hopefully, hopefully, we're talking here. I get to play with the lovely Freeze Pop in rock band. That'd be awesome. Oh, my God. That's going to be my entire weekend right there. I have no comments. Let's keep working backwards. So that's the weekend. You're leaving, what, Thursday, I think? Uh, Yes, I will be leaving Thursday. Okay, so we wouldn't be able to record Thursday or after with you to do manga. Wednesday, which would be tomorrow night, we can't record because Project Runway is more important than this show. Yeah, sorry. Yep. Not only Mike will be watching that, but also me and my honey. <laughs> we will be glued to our TV sets and hoping Ken Lee dies. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. So that brings us to today, basically. Being the only remaining day of the week that yes. we can do this. <laughs> so we've arranged it for today. I read the entire thing last night, did all of my notes last night. Jeff, you read it today at work? Yes, I did. I breezed through it. And I enjoyed every minute of it. <laughs> all right. So uh, we'll get to the manga very shortly. But before that, uh, I guess we have a little bit of news. The only bit of news that I am actually aware of this week, and forgive me, I have not been able to fully keep up on stuff. Again, my excuse is a wedding. However, 
Let's talk about this. We have some new screenshots from Infinite World. Now, for a little recap on this, this is a new PlayStation 2 game that's coming out. That's right, for the previous generation, it's being developed by Dimps, who did the Budokai series, which includes Shin Budokai on the PSPs. And it seems kind of like a culmination of everything they've done so far. It looks like it's more based off of Shin Budokai than the uh, regular Budokai series, but more characters, more stuff going on. We have some little mini-game shots here. The first first one seems to be Vegeta and Trunks training in the room of spirit and time. And the second screenshot we have here, it looks like Frieza shooting some Frieza beams at Piccolo to try and knock him out of the sky. Although we're not really sure if you're playing as Piccolo, if you're playing as Frieza. I would prefer to play as Frieza and try to shoot his ass out of the sky. I think that would be super fun. This is on top of what we've seen before for little mini game side quests, like Goku trying to catch bubbles and running down the road. So it looks like there's going to be some extra material in here rather than just straight up fighting. Mary, I know you've been really sick of the fighting games. Yeah. So are these side things of any interest to you? You think you'd check out some of these? I think I would play it for a little bit, but it wouldn't be enough, I think, to make me terribly excited about the game. Right. Does the fact that it's on the PS2 do anything for you? No, no. Familiarity with the controller, at least? I've never... I'm so weird. I don't care for the PlayStation controller that much. Yeah? Is it the D-pad? Yeah. Well, no, it's also... I can never remember where the square and the triangle and the circle and the X are. Oh, I suppose. It just needs (laughs) to be... It's stupid, I know, but for a game like, you know, all the Dragon Ball games that come out where they force you to remember the moves that, you know, are assigned the triangle and the circle, and I can't remember where they are in the controller. Square, 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 square. I don't know where that is, man. Gotcha. I don't play enough PlayStation, I guess. So, just as a refresher, the game's actually coming out in the U.S. first amazingly enough. It's going to be out on November 4th. The Japanese version is due out on December 4th. I think I got the dates right on that. There might have been a fifth in there somewhere, but that's approximately uh, correct for those. We haven't had an American version come out first since Budokai 3 way the hell back many years ago. Uh, We did actually just recently, I think earlier today, it might have been uh, an Australian or UK Atari site, said something about music by Hironobu Kageyama. So were we possibly going to get yet another new vocal theme song? I would be so psyched for that. That is really it for news this week, though. Some people on the forum uh, have been talking about the hardcover collector's edition of the manga that's supposedly due out this month. I don't really know what's going on with that. I gotta dig a little deeper into that, see what's actually going on. As far as we know, that's just a re-release of the standard graphic novel size version, and that's in contrast to the Viz Big that's coming out right now. I mean, that's such a confusing fiasco. We may have to dedicate uh, an entire episode in the near future just to dissecting Viz's current releases. I don't even know what to do with that. That'll take some research on all of our behalfs. Hey, Mary, it's a few days later, but we got some news now. That we do. A lot happened last week. Yep, so I figured I might as well just insert it here, a little scratchy-scratchy coming in with the news here. We've got some video game news, we've got some uh, various Japanese things and other stuff, so we'll scroll down the list here. You can see some pictures on the homepage. We have all sorts of stuff about Infinite World going on. This is the uh, upcoming PS2 game. It's kind of the culmination of all the Budokai stuff. We've been talking about it for a little bit. It's coming out uh, in November here in the U.S. We know a little bit more about the game in terms of its opening, its content, and 
and new music. So uh, there's lots of videos floating around on YouTube. Mary, I don't know how much I've actually shown you of this, but you did hear that it has a new song. Yes, And I was I describing have. the song to you. You can hear a little bit of a snippet in one of the new trailers. It's got more of an upbeat kind of, more in the style of maybe the Budokai 3 original opening theme, uh, that happy reminiscence kind of Dragon Ball style. Is that what you're looking for in a new opening theme? Oh, I'd want more of the same, which is rock music. So, but not like, you know, Bruce Falconer wannabe rock music, but actual <laughs> okay. familiar Dragon Ball rock music in Japanese. Okay, well, I'm looking forward to seeing what you have to say about this one then, because maybe it's not quite what you're looking for. We do have a screen on the homepage from the opening theme. The opening is going to be all CG, very much like the Sparking series. However, this is Dims that's doing it, and personally, I think Dims has a much better grasp on character models than Spike ever did, and the new opening looks like it's going to capture more of that flavor where it's not all shiny and like the characters couldn't move more than one limb at a time almost in those sparking openings mary i know you hated yeah them so i despise much. them not a fan of them so hopefully you'll like this one they're kind of taking over maybe you'll like this one maybe you'll like maybe this is what you're uh, looking for i don't for. know it's all predictions because i haven't seen squat all right well you can go check out the videos <laughs> they're linked off the homepage. you can see that stuff one other video game thing i want to mention we have a link to this on the homepage. is that daryl surratt from anime world order did a review of burst limit for otaku usa and that review is linked off the homepage. you can check it out it's pretty much a mirror of what we had to say when the game first came out obviously i'm very partial to this review because daryl comes from the same time frame that we do where it's like playing all the super butoden games on super nintendo and playing them up through the years and now we're up to this new generation and what's going on with them there so definitely check out that review get a link to it there mary you want to drop 850 bucks 850 dollars why would this be for Japanese DVDs? Because what else would be that expensive? It would be. Amazon Japan has miraculously, I don't know, found? No one really knows what's going on here. But they have a listing for completely new Dragon Ball Dragon Boxes. That's the original Dragon Ball TV series. They've got it listed up there for 84,000 yen, which is about 840 bucks, 850 bucks. So no one knows what's up, but they're in stock and you can totally go grab it right now. And I think if we weren't having a wedding in a week, I might actually have ordered this. No. Oh, come on. Useless. What? Useless, I say. Why is it useless? We got most of it here in our living room, subtitled at least. We do not need this again in a language we can't understand. I beg to differ. We'll move on before we get into fisticuffs here. Stealing my phrases. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, You like calendars? Yeah, when there's trunks involved. Uh, there's a little bit of trunks I on this see. calendar here. This is a new Japanese calendar for Dragon Ball Z 2009. The cover of it here has shots of lots of people on here. There's trunks in there, Mary. It's got the Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, and Dragon Ball GT logos, so you can probably find pictures from all three series all throughout it. In addition to that, there's a general Toei one. It's got, you know, One Piece and Dragon Ball and all their various other properties. Another thing we've got a link to on the homepage here is uh, one of the new American commercials for figures. And these ones have like lock-on auras that look really uh, Retardo. awkward. <laughs> Retardo's a equally fine word. One last thing I want to mention to you. We got an email from Harley here linking us to Rumik World, which is actually uh, Rumiko Takahashi kind of fan site. Very similar to kind of what we have over here, except that's more of a general all-encompassing Rumiko Takahashi, whereas we just have one of Toriyama's things. But it's a great site. Go check it out. There's an interview from 19- 1986 with Toriyama and Takahashi. It's one of those great dual interviews, kind of we've had in recent years with Oda and Toriyama, and there's just really good insight into what Toriyama's got going on at that time. Money. Money. <laughs> 1986. Here's a quote I put on the homepage, something I really, really liked from the interview here. 
Toriyama says, I wanted to keep it a secret, but I planned to submit my drafts to Shonen Magazine at first, but I found that the deadline had already passed, so I had no choice but to send it to Shonen Jump. The reason why I became a mangaka? To be honest, I just won the 100,000 yen prize. Laughs. What I love about Toriyama, he has no shame in admitting whatsoever. He's just looking for money. It doesn't matter where he sends it. He had no connection to Shonen Jump versus Shonen Magazine. Whatever. Take my stuff and give me money. I think that's it for the news. Yes, that was quite a busy week. It was, so we'll stitch it in here and now we'll cut you right back over to where we were. So I think that's it for news. I know I already asked you, but Mary, have you found anything in the last 20 seconds? I've only gone to your site for the first time in like a week in the last 20 seconds, so no. (laughs) I'm not very in tune with the scene. Jeff, make up some news. I'm going to take a sip here. Vegito EX is now taking a sip of his lovely iced tea carbonation drink. It goes so smoothly down the pipes. It lubricates the vocal cords, and it proves for an excellent experience. That was amazing. Thank you. Again, practicing for the reading. (laughs) That's right. Uh, I think that's it for news, so we'll go on to the topic. In case you're just joining us for a manga review of awesomeness for the first time, let me break it down for you. Every month we go through the manga volume by volume, we do a little recap of all the chapters in it, and then we go around and get different perspectives on it. We have Julian and myself that have read the entire thing front to back, I've looked at the pictures in Japanese and Julian's read it in Japanese, we have Mary over here, longtime Dragon Ball fan, read most of the manga, especially now, where we're up to the ZR, although I'm trying to remember of what you've read of the Viz release, you've probably gotten a little bit into free and then kind of gave up on it when she got around there? Yeah, beginning of the Frieza arc. Uh, and then we got Jeff over here. Jeff, we brought you over into the fray because you're kind of a newbie. You're the virgin. You had a little experience with some fan subs back in the VHS days, but uh, we got you started at the very beginning of the manga. You're going all the way through for the first time, Evars. That's right, Evars. So now we are up to volume 20 of the manga, and of course you're looking over at your Viz release and you're saying, there's no 20, there's a DBZ 20, is that it? No, we're up to DBZ volume four because the original release was simply Dragon Ball beginning to end in Japan 1 through 42. Viz broke it up into Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. Back when they actually first started doing monthlies in 98? Actually, I think it was 2000 when they started that. We did an episode all about them. You know what? I remember it was episode 99 because that was the manga next episode. Everything about the manga. Go check that stuff out. So let's just get into it. We'll go through the chapters and uh, then we'll get some thoughts. I'll start it off here with Dragon Ball chapter 229. The narrator describes how strong Goku has become, but that Vegeta has surpassed even Goku's expectations. Goku doesn't quite understand why he's getting more excited about the battle, but that the blood of the Saiyajin runs through him as well. Vegeta thinks Goku has hit his limit, so it's time to unleash everything he's got. Vegeta powers up, glowing a little bit, and the whole planet begins to shake. Vegeta extends his arm outwards and screams. He is ready. Vegeta flies in and headbutts Goku back and then immediately elbows him down to the ground. Goku looks up, but Vegeta's already behind him kicking him away. Goku lands and sees Vegeta about to toss a blast towards him. Goku dodges up into the air with Kaioken times two, but Vegeta tosses another one up towards him, which Goku only just barely manages to sidestep, though he gets the right side of his top burned off in the process. Vegeta comments that he doesn't want to kill him just yet. That wouldn't be any fun. Goku is going to need to push the Kaioken to times three. Yajirobe is watching down below, hiding behind some rocks. He feels like he's in a nightmare. Mary, take 230 for me. Okay. 
Okay. Vegeta banters on and on while Goku contemplates using the Kaioken times three. Oh my god. Goku tells his body to last until he's done, and he clenches up while he powers it up. Kaiosama reiterates that Goku shouldn't go above Kaioken times two, but it seems like it's pretty hopeless at this point. Back at Kame House, Bulma is picking Goku up on the scatter that they stole off of Raditz. It goes from power level 17,000 to 19,000 to 21,000 and then blows up on her face. Goku seems like he's ready, and the air is whooshing all around. Goku's eyes twinkle, and he bursts off towards Vegeta. Goku smacks him in the face and flies forward, around, and underneath Vegeta to kick him way up into the air. Vegeta recovers mid-air and attempts to intercept Goku, but Goku bursts off, up, and around, dodges Vegeta's blast, and comes back to kick him in the face. Vegeta goes flying off into the distance into a mountain, but bursts out of it, arms outstretched and screaming. Vegeta tries to punch an incoming Goku yet again, but Goku easily sidesteps back behind Vegeta and clocks him in the back. Vegeta swipes again but misses, and Goku nails him in the stomach. As Vegeta steps backwards in pain, he mutters that he's been surpassed in power. Goku realizes he needs to finish this soon. Meanwhile, Yajirobe thinks they might actually have a chance. Jeff, give me 231. Chapter 231, and Vegeta is absolutely furious and can't believe that he's shed blood over this fight. Now he's just gonna have to blow the whole damn planet up. Vegeta bursts up into the sky, leaving Goku almost hysterically confused over what to do. He's going to have to keep up the Kaioken times three and fire back a Kamehameha. As Vegeta unleashes the Garlic Ho, Goku fires back with his Kamehameha. The two gigantic blasts lock up with each other in what seems to be a stalemate. Vegeta even comments how it looks like his own blast. Goku, still struggling, pumps it up to Kaioken. 10 times 4, which gives him enough power to burst it up even more, overtaking Vegeta and sending him blasting off into the sky. Chapter 232, Yajirobe runs over, happy that Goku's won the fight, and slaps him on the back, and Goku kind of flinches back in pain. Goku says it's not over, it wasn't going to be that easy to win, he's pushed himself to his limit though and doesn't know what will happen now, and Yajirobe runs off like a little bitch. Vegeta manages to pull himself out of the blast and begins screaming to himself, he's not about to let it go down this way, so he'll use the full moon, which is supposed to be out right now, to transform. Except there's no moon. Kaiosama laughs, confirming that Piccolo blew it up. He wishes Goku could take him out now with the Genkidama, though, and just be done with it. Goku wonders why Vegeta isn't coming down to attack him. You can kind of spot and sense where he is. Vegeta can't find the moon and determines that Kakarot got rid of it. He will lose some strength in the process, but there's something he can do about it. Vegeta flies down and tells Goku he must think he's smart for getting rid of the moon. Meanwhile, Goku's all like, what are you talking about? Because they transform with it. Moonlight is what contains the necessary radiation to set off the transformation. From a full moon, when 17 million Zeno units per second are absorbed through the eyes, it sets off a reaction in a gland in their tails. Certain Saiyajin don't even need an actual full moon, says Vegeta, as he pops out a power ball from his right hand. He tosses it up into the sky, clenches his fist, telling it to burst and mix, which creates a blinding light. Goku turns around to see what it was, and Kaiosama realizes that Vegeta has just made a fake moon. Goku flips his head back around in time to see Vegeta turning into a giant ape. Mary 233. Kriden and Gohan are still flying off when they sense massive power, and what looks like a star coming from where the fight is. Gohan says, 
says he's going back there. Kudidin tells him that there's nothing they can do, but it doesn't stop Gohan or Kudidin. Goku is in complete disbelief as he watches Vegeta's transformation into the fool Ozaru. Unlike what we've seen before, though, Vegeta is talking and is in full control of himself. It's here that Goku finally puts the pieces together and realizes, in fact, that he himself is responsible for Grandpa Gohan's death. Yajirobe pops out again and can't believe what he's seeing. Goku wants to send Vegeta off with the Genkidama, but Ozaru Vegeta rushes in, smashes the rocks underneath Goku, and kicks him away. Goku can't even recover in time, and he has to use the Kaioken to burst up into the air, only to be swatted by Vegeta's tail. Vegeta is rushing back in at him, but Goku needs more time, even just 10 seconds. He tells Tenshinhan that he's stealing his move and uses the Taioken to blind Vegeta. Goku bursts off into the distance, hoping it's far away enough, and begins collecting energy for the Genkidama. Chapter 234. Goku continues collecting energy as Vegeta struggles to recover from the blinding light. Goku finishes gathering it, but Vegeta spots him just in time and fires a mouth blast from the distance before Goku can do anything about it. The Genkidama is dissipated as Goku collapses on the ground from the blast. Vegeta's slightly impressed, and Goku doesn't have much left in him. Vegeta goes to step on Goku, but he manages to try to fly away, but he gets swatted into a mountain. Vegeta then pounces over and crushes Goku's legs with his massive foot, clearly breaking them in the process. Vegeta mocks Goku a little and goes in for the final kill with his finger, but Goku fires one last blast from his right hand into Vegeta's right eye, saying it's something to remember him by. The eye seems completely ruined, closed and bleeding. Vegeta picks Goku up and begins to crush him in his hands. Chapter 235. Vegeta continues crushing Goku in his hands while Yajirobe watches, muttering to himself that there's nothing he'd be able to do anyway. There's a giant crack noise, and Goku screams at the top of his lungs. I've never seen a mouth open that wide. Meanwhile, Yajirobe's clenching his ears and head from the sound. Gohan and Kudadin approach, still unsure about this bright light. Then they get to the spot, and Kudadin immediately knows what's happened with the transformation. They go to rush in, but are surprised by Yajirobe, who just kind of pops out out of nowhere. The plane is to distract him and get the tail cut off. Gohan bounces around to the front, Kududin flies off to the side, and Yajirobe just kind of stands there like a dumbass. Vegeta detects that there's someone there as Gohan pops out. From behind, Kududin forms a Kienzan and tosses it towards Vegeta. Vegeta pretends to be distracted and will crack Goku in half, but hops right over the Kienzan without even turning around that Kududin throws from behind. He knew there wasn't going to be just one of them that comes back. Meanwhile, the Kienzan flies towards Gohan, actually slices right underneath him on the mountain he's standing on. While Vegeta laughs and Gohan screams for him to stop, suddenly Vegeta kind of goes into like exclamation point shock. Yajirobe, of all people, has jumped behind him and cut off his tail. He scutters away while Kudadin looks on in disbelief. Vegeta begins to transform back to normal size, dropping Goku's near-dead body to the ground. Chapter 236. Vegeta's back to normal and he's quite pissed off. He first rushes up to Gohan, smirks, and jabs him in the gut. Kudadin rushes in to help, but he's easily kicked away. Vegeta picks up Gohan headbutts him while still smirking and tosses him down to where Goku is lying on the ground. Goku is actually semi-conscious. He tells Gohan that Daddy can't really get up right now, so he's going to have to fight for him. Vegeta is squawking in the distance about how he's going to kill them all, including the one who cut off his tail. Goku says Gohan doesn't have to win, but just hold him off long enough for Kudinin to finish him off. Vegeta comes in out of nowhere, kneeing Goku in the gut, and kicks him in the face. Gohan's starting to get very angry and gets up on his feet screaming. Gohan blasts towards Vegeta, who 
dodges up into the air. Gohan seemingly phases up and kicks Vegeta in the face and rushes in for another one, but Vegeta spins around and kicks him back. As they fight together up in the air, Kudidin struggles over to Goku, who says he can give him what's left of the Genkidama. Chapter 237. Gohan and Vegeta keep fighting up in the air while Goku tells Kudidin to grab his hand. He's going to transfer the Genkidama to him. It's unbelievable energy. Goku tells Kudidin to put his palm up and form it into a ball. Gohan wouldn't be able to handle this type of power. Kudidin's going to have to hit him the first time. Goku doesn't have the energy left to make another one. Gohan's struggling to keep up with Vegeta. His dad weakened him, but he's still so incredibly strong. They keep trading blasts back and forth. Kudidin can't figure out how he's going to hit Vegeta with it. When Kaiosama pops into his head, Kaiosama briefly introduces himself and tells him that the fate of the world now rests in his hands. Ooh, no pressure. He needs to stop watching and feel out the evil key to toss the blast at. Vegeta fires a huge barrage of blasts at Gohan, while Kudidin still tries to figure out exactly how he's going to do this. Yajirobe sees what Kudidin has and wonders why he's not doing anything. Vegeta rushes in to attack Gohan again. Kudidin's about to fire when Yajirobe pops out and screams for Kudidin to toss it. Vegeta goes... Exclamation point. I don't know how to describe it. Vegeta goes ape shit. Kudidin... No, that's not right. No. He just kind of goes like... Ah! Well, there you go. Kudidin curses Yajirobe and tosses it anyway. Vegeta is able to turn around in time to hop over it. Chapter 238. Kudidin screams for it to hit him, but Vegeta has dodged it. Oh, it's all over now. It's about to slam into Gohan because it went, you know, underneath Vegeta and Gohan's right in front of him. Goku telepathically tells Gohan that he doesn't have any evil key so he can bounce it back, which he does just in time. The Genkidama creeps up on Vegeta, not really in slow motion, but kind of manga style where it's like panel by panel, and catches him by surprise. It crackles all over the place in the air and fizzles Vegeta way up in a giant ball of energy. They all think they've won this over and run over to Goku, but they spot something in the sky. Vegeta slams down into the ground. He seems out of it, though, so Kududin says the least he can do is bury him. But Vegeta opens his eyes, smirks, and tells a bad joke about how he's gonna bury them instead. Vegeta smacks Kududin aside, gets enough energy to at least finish them all off, and then the world. Chapter 239. Vegeta staggers towards Goku and Gohan, pissed about how much damage they've done to him, and his pride too. He tries to kill them all by extending his arms out and blasting the area again, but it doesn't quite work. He's too weakened. They all just go flying. He manages to hop over to Gohan, who he'll kill first, but he notices Gohan's tail has grown back. There's no way he can let him transform. The fake moon's still up in the sky, so he raises a hand to finish him off when Yajirobe pops in again and slashes Vegeta with his sword. Yajirobe thinks he's killed him, but Vegeta's able to get back up, dodge some more, and send Yajirobe flying into a rock. Goku screams for his son to look at the moon. Vegeta rushes over to try and stop him, but it's too late. Gohan's chest expands and he begins to change. Chapter 240. Vegeta punches away at Gohan, but it's too late. He's already in mid-transformation. Vegeta then tries to pull off his tail, but Gohan cracks him over the head. Gohan's now fully transformed. Kuridin notes that Goku used to lose all control over himself. Will Gohan be the same? Well, yeah, pretty much. Kuridin and Goku tell him to go after the Saiyajin, and it seems like Gohan somewhat understands. He smashes some rocks at Vegeta and looks rather pissed. Vegeta says the fake moon will still last another hour, so he has to cut off the tail. He forms what looks like a Kienzan and tosses it at Gohan's tail, and it hits. Gohan begins to fall down but falls on top of Vegeta and crashes into the ground that way before he's back to normal. A naked Gohan plops on the ground with Vegeta, who struggles and pulls out a little device from inside his suit. He punches a couple buttons and collapses. Back in the city, 
where the Saiyajin landed, one of the capsules bursts out and flies off into the distance. Vegeta has been forced to retreat. And that concludes Volume 20 of the manga, DBZ Volume 4. Ooh, lots of stuff. This is action-packed to the max. I don't even know how else you would describe this volume. Constant fighting, constant things going on. I don't know where to start. Constant Yanchirube popping in and popping out. (laughs) Popping out of nowhere for no reason whatsoever. Yeah, he got a lot of play, man. He did. It's like one of those instances where Toriyama remembers, oh, I made that character. Maybe as well use him (laughs) for something. You want to go with that then? Toriyama remembering things? It seems like there were a lot of instances in this volume where, oh yeah, we have that. Yajirobe, for example, the Ozaru transformation as another example, which we get twice in this volume, Vegeta and Gohan. Any other things that seem to come out of the past of Dragon Ball? What do you think? Grandpa Gohan? Grandpa Gohan. We have a great revelation. Well, we all knew. We pieced it together. Ages ago. What, 20 volumes ago? (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, maybe 19 volumes ago. Volume 2, we probably would have figured that out. But At the very end of the volume, they show the space pods again. Yes, they do. So that's a little plot device that'll be used. That's right. It's being used. Anything else in here that seems to come from the past of Dragon Ball? Well, we do have the gang at the Kame house. Yes, he's remembered that people are still out there kind of watching what's going on. I like that Bulma's still got the scouter and explodes off of her face. Not going to be the last time the scouter explodes. Good times there. So uh, where do you guys want to really get going with this volume? We always talk about the pacing and that kind of stuff. Maybe we can quickly go through that because it was quick itself. I mean, this volume was just one thing after another. It was a flying read for me. Jeff, you said you cruised through this when you were reading it. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was a a combination of no new attacks, really. No. We got charged up attacks. We got uh, Vegeta's attack. Oh, we did have the Gyarukuho, or just the Garlic Ho, as you want to call it, which seems to be... a, a once-used, uh, I don't know, companion uh, to the Kamehameha? I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's basically his version of it, and then it's never used again, which is kind of a shame. Vegeta's going to have this problem with his attacks, where he kind of has one good shot with them, announces it, mostly in English later on, <laughs> and then that's... It for that attack. That's kind of sad. Well, that's his problem. He's not consistent. There you go. But you're right. Other than the Garlic Ho, everything else, Ozaru, we've seen before. Kamehameha, we've seen before. Kaioken, we were introduced to in the previous volume, but we have it pumped up to times four here. And Kianzan. Kianzan, we've seen before. Taioken. Taioken, we've seen before. Exactly. I really like that bit. And I think I've mentioned this before, how people continue to steal the Taioken as the series <laughs> goes on. Good stuff. I think, oh man, I, for, I think we talked about how many people stole it. I love that. Uh, what else was used in here? Gohan may or may not have used the Masenko, which we saw last volume on Vegeta. That's an interesting note there. In the anime, even in the Japanese version, there's a scene where Gohan fires what's clearly a Masenko, but he says Kamehameha. And I remember when the English dub first started over here back in 1996, people were very confused because they are like, well, that's not a Kamehameha. Funimation must have screwed that up. What's going on? But it was, I guess you would say, an error over in the original Japanese. Japanese version as well. The first time we see Gohan actually use a Kamehameha won't be until the Cell arc later on. Masenko is pretty much it uh, until then. So there's a little tidbit of knowledge for you. I never knew that. Really? Yeah. Well, now you do, and knowledge is power. That's right. Someone else take it away. What do you want to get into here? I actually, I, I know I probably don't bring this up all that much, but I really do want to comment on the art style of this manga. That was a huge point for me, and I want to 
also talk about the TV version, which, Jeff, unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to show you tonight. But let's talk about the manga here. What do you want to say about it? Uh, all I have to say is, um, God, everyone's so bloody in there, and there's just so much detail with all the explosions, like, volume, everything. Oh, my God. The detail is so fucking impressive Amazing. in this volume. Yeah, there's just so much everywhere. It's it's really quite beautiful. There's lots of full-page spreads. Is this really the first beam struggle we've really seen in the series? I think so. I think so, too. It's a full-page thing. It is gorgeous. There's so many full-page spreads of characters. So, lots of close-ups. This is a good segue into, yeah, I need to get back into doing my top five panels for each volume, because I wouldn't even be able to narrow it to five for this one. It was just chock full of good artwork. So what, maybe one of these episodes we'll do uh, catching up on my top five panels. You guys let us know. Are you interested in us continuing the top five list, and especially the top five panels? Because there's so many good shots. Like, this alone, I think, makes you want to do it. This art is so yeah. impressive. Jeff, were there any favorite shots that you were thinking of as you're flipping through it? I'm passing through, you know, uh, when I pass through a lot of the color pages that aren't, uh, unfortunately, they're not color in this manga, but I really want to see what that looks like because they're just, I mean, I, you can see all the shading that's been done on on all the bruising and yeah. just the, the suits are just bloodied. I think it's just absolutely impressive. Uh, I really love the, I guess you could call it a ball fight, <laughs> a ball of light fight. Right. Uh, that was really awesome. But I think... Um, if I have to uh, have a favorite, I actually really like the panel that has the. I think it's after Vegeta. Oh, Vegeta, does. like his little crater thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where he's like just standing in the middle, but it's like this giant pit. I mean, that's like absolutely. Amazing. I know there's so much detail in just the surrounding area, like all the little creases in the ground that's been drawn. Yeah, and it just is such a very nice environmental shot. And you know, for Toriyama, he does a lot of uh, close-ups, especially in his fighting volumes. Yeah. And so this one, it was really nice to see like a balance of you know far away shots close-up shots and right and that one i think really was uh what got me in this entire volume i absolutely adore where toriyama is at with the evolution of his art style here it is just so fucking impressive and i mentioned the tv version i want to carry it over again very briefly to the tv version of this these particular episodes oh my god it starts with that pan around shot one episode where there it's kind of like the camera's behind Goku and it goes behind him and twirls around to a shot of Vegeta. From there on out to the end of this fight, it is movie animation quality, almost. The the angles and the close-ups. One particular shot I remember is um, Goku's in the middle of Kaioken 3 and it's when he knees Vegeta and Vegeta falls down on like this cliff and Goku's got his knee in him and it's the shot of Vegeta's face and it's just Vegeta's face screaming at the camera from like his profile view. Oh my god, they captured everything that's in these panels so well. And a lot of that is just getting into it in 1996, seeing those episodes and really remembering them well. But, oh, so wonderful. Wonderful is my word for the art in this volume. Do you have anything else you want to say about the artwork? Because I could probably talk for hours about it, specific examples, and I don't want to because there's other stuff to talk about. I actually uh, have to mention that um, when you mentioned that, I think you were saying the angles were getting sharper in the previous volume. Yeah. I didn't really, I don't know, I wasn't getting it as much. But when I looked at this volume, I totally got what you guys were, were getting at. Is it Goku bulking up with the Kaioken? Is that starting to show a little bit more of the angles to it? 
Yes, uh, it's it's that, and it's also when they're in like mid attack. You know, when, yeah. they're, when they're shooting light balls, when they're doing all sorts of different attacks, and and just sort of flying through the air. There's yeah. just you know, of, of course, there's tons of motion lines, but right. you know, you just see that the characters are are moving in the motion lines. It's not like these lines are there and they're sort of pasted on top. They're they're a part of the scenery. Right. So I, yeah, it just it was quite quite amazing. I, and you know, because I had breathed so fast through it, I was so concentrated on the story, but I had to pause at certain moments just to look at the panels. I mean, right. Some really beautiful work in here. You were talking about the speed. Something I, again, wanted to point out. The sense of speed of Kaioken times three and Goku just, like, he'll come in and I can picture it a little better in the TV version, but he, like, briefly pauses and then bursts off again and suddenly he's behind Vegeta. It actually works in the manga as well. The way it's drawn, the way Toriyama, like, draws the pausing point of Goku's flying path. It's just incredible to me. I don't care about art whatsoever, and I'm actually noticing that in here. I'm like you. I'm paying attention to the story, but oh, so wonderful. I hate to use that word. What's beautiful? Yes, beautiful. Absolutely gorgeous. Lovely. Uh, I want to talk about Deus Ex Machina because I have a problem with this volume. Uh oh. And that is OMG. Gohan's tail is back. Ain't that convenient? Hate that plot point so much. I like where it kind of goes in that, oh, yay, Gohan was able to, and he transformed, and he was able to keep his human self. They listened to him, but really, the tail suddenly grows back. It also leans into my big problem with the volume, and that's use of the ape twice in one volume. Mm -hmm. And it's like, uh, one time was cool, didn't need to see it twice. Right. I mean, I know Vegeta's ape is far, far different from Gohan's ape, and that Vegeta's controlled and can talk. So it is like a totally different person, but I feel like to quickly do the same thing again just seems a little cheap. I actually agree with that. I kind of felt the same way that was sort of like, you know, didn't we just see this? Shouldn't you save that for like another volume or like another fight or something? Right. And so that, yeah, it did seem kind of weird to me, but I don't know. I was just, I was going through it so much that it was, I don't know, it just felt normal when I read it, you know? Like it did sort of feel a little odd, you know, because like you only see it for one character has it and it's this big deal. Right. And it was actually kind of downplayed in this volume a lot, you know? Like uh, Vegeta was was this huge freaking ape and his tail gets cut like almost immediately mm-hmm. Gohan is the same thing it really is like he gets big and Gohan's then, was really fast really like, fast he transformed and suddenly Vegeta manages to cut it off with whatever he's got right I don't have a problem with it happening if Gohan's tail was there if like it, we had seen it growing back over the course of the last couple volumes for it to just spurt out there and that's the same problem I have with DBC movie 3 where the exact same fucking thing happens just comes out of nowhere and Talos is like oh, let me fuck around with him and make him into a monkey <laughs> isn't this so wonderful Come on. Come up with something better than that. Which, it seems like I'm really, really down on it and I'm really mad at it. But the rest of the volume is so amazing that I like I kind of don't fault it too much. Going back to the ape stuff, I really like Vegeta's scientific reasoning behind why it actually happens. It yes. almost seems plausible the way he describes it. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. There's enough scientific bullshit that, like, yeah, I buy that. Sure. <laughs> I just love that that he's such a nerd. He's able to just spout <laughs> all true. this I mean, never get any hints of that, you know, throughout the entire series. 
theories, but it was just so different. I know, even like with an Dr. explanation Brief, for something. Doctor Brief will just like make stuff, and he's just like, "Oh, I, I made this blah blah," and like a toy pops out. And even though he's a scientist, we don't get anything like this detailed explanation of a reaction in a gland. Really, that that's so impressive that you actually know all of that, and that's so different from 1996, where we have the brilliant scientist line and Goku's dad and Jeff I'll have to show you this scene it's like Dragon Ball fandom lore <laughs> of how the original dub like the kiddies are too dumb to understand this we're gonna write something else here huh it was wonderful actually you know that does bring up something that I actually was bothered with in this uh, uh in this volume okay the scientific explanation actually bothered me I don't know it just seems sort of out of place for me I was not getting into the whole like all of a sudden Vegeta has to explain exactly what's going on like couldn't you save that for a little later it's maybe? been a mystical thing for 20 volumes and suddenly we're at the point where we're in outer space so of course it's going to be a scientific explanation i think that makes sense story-wise and progression-wise but you're right where it just kind of suddenly it just kind of stops up. everything you're doing right. and make an explanation it does seem a little bit cliche in that respect hello right. someone hit him in the back while he's explaining all this stupid science stuff hello anyone, anyone? Hello? hello i know he's just standing there and again this is one of my favorite moments in the series is when Goku fucking hits Raccoon while he's talking. <laughs> we'll get to that eventually. No one thinks to do it until now or until then, but whatever. Other stuff in this volume. Any other characters? How about Gohan going back to help his dad? Does that make sense for Gohan? He's been such a weakling and a pussy up until this point, but he makes this decision and he doesn't back down from it. And he goes, even Kurtidin's like, ah, uh, I guess we're doing this now. It makes sense. I guess Gohan doesn't want his dad to end up like Piccolo. Right. Yeah, he's seen Death and destruction constantly up until this point so i guess logically at this point his little what is he six decides. he's still five uh, yeah actually you're right he would be five he was four at the beginning of the series and uh raditz happens it's been a year so yeah he's uh probably a little over five at this point not too bad i actually have to um uh admit to something i'm afraid okay because i know what happens later in the manga or at least in in the anime in the whole dragon ball world i, I know where you're going with this yep. yeah okay you probably do as i'm reading this i'm i'm seeing gohan get really mad. I'm seeing rocks float in midair, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, oh great, he's going to turn you know, super saiyan. And it just doesn't happen. And I'm waiting for that moment to happen. Like, it's going to happen now. Like, like I mean, I know, I sort of kind of know when it's going to happen, but uh-huh. I'm still waiting for that moment. I'm like the, you know, like the fanboy, the anticipating fanboy going, <laughs> it's going to happen, it's going to happen. It's and, like everyone in 1996 when Rock the Dragon played and Koku comes down and goes blonde hair. We're like, whoa, what is that? When are we getting to that? And then we're like, who's that purple hair guy? <laughs> <laughs> right. So, you know that something is coming later on, but. Yeah, I really thought it was going to happen here. Like, I, I mean, I was because they get so mad and that's the real you know the real I think uh, it, it's like the, the the starter engine you know like that's what starts the the whole powering up thing and so it you're still waiting yet. for the anger to culminate in something yeah well I, I figure you know almost killing your dad's gonna make you pretty damn pissed off don't you think oh my god wait until you see the pissed offness that's oh. all I have to say oh dear by comparison it makes what Gohan gets pissed off about seem like nothing what in the cell arc yeah well there's a lot of lead up to I that. guess there's build up yeah but like the thing that finally pushes him. <laughs> I suppose he's so. kind of stupid compared to, <laughs> you know, his dad's being nearly killed by Vegeta here. Right next to him while he's five. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that would make me more pissed off than what happens later, but True enough. anyway. You know, I do know what that scene is, right? I've animated, or I've worked on a video that <laughs> right. featured that scene. Yeah, okay. Just making sure. <laughs> yes, you've seen it. Anything else you guys want to talk about? Like I said, such a fast volume, lots of things going on. I think we already hit everything that I had 
had in mind for this volume. How about uh, just Vegeta and ruthlessness doing everything he has to do? This is the first time we really see him get a real blow to his ego. Right. And I guess this volume itself is probably the origin of his eternal hatred for Goku. I, I want to actually break that down. This is something that um, actually Kunsai over in our forum was talking about with a couple people, and I thought he made some great points here. There's so much talk about, oh, Vegeta has so much pride and blah, blah, blah. Pride of the Prince of the Saiyajin. I don't think there's any pride here. I think ego is the perfect word to describe. Absolutely. He He's would a not, pussy little spoiled brat. He would not have retreated. And I was so glad to see that he was going to bail out like that. Like that mm-hmm. he's calling the pod over to, to get him out of there. I there's think no pride in that whatsoever. There isn't. There is no pride in that. That is giving up. That is the, exactly against what he says he's all about. Right. So I completely agree with you, Mike. I think it's all ego. I find this Vegeta pretty interesting because he yeah. doesn't really... He's so an interesting character. He, he doesn't really <laughs> give up anymore. I mean, I might be missing something, but... <laughs> <laughs> he's nothing like... Mary, you'll know what I'm talking about. He's nothing like movie nine Vegeta. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Jeff, I don't remember what you, I hate to say. I don't remember what your predictions were from last month. I do. I meant to realize. Oh, you do? Yeah, I do. All right, great. So, what were your predictions from last month? I'm glad you did your research. Well, I really. Well, I didn't even listen. It's just I remember. Remember, okay. But it really, just sort of BS the entire thing. And I, the the main point is that uh, I believe uh, Vegeta wasn't going to die, but he was going to lose. I only said that he wasn't going to die because, well, he can't because well, I've seen him later. I know he exists. So that's sort of a cheap skate answer. And so I. I even mentioned that too but right. i did say that he was going to be maybe alive or re- resurrected but i basically said the battle was going to end right so we don't have any proof of that that it, it, it's ended yet you know because the battle could still technically go on you yeah, know he's like, still laying there right yeah, now he's still laying there goku's still laying there who knows you know someone might find some extra strength in their toes and you know make a kamehameha out of toe energy but you know either way what's what i'm thinking is going to happen in the next one is i think vegeta is going to successfully escape i okay. have no no idea how that's going to happen. Uh, just kind of thinking of who's dead. I, basically everybody. So Yamcha's dead. Tenshin yeah. Han's dead. Chaozu's dead. Piccolo's dead. dead therefore, yep. Kamisama is also dead. So yeah, I think he's going to successfully retreat again. I don't think Vegeta's going to die. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, so he'll retreat. The other. Well, then what? That's a really good question. Well, you know, I mean, random time shift. I mean, what is Toriyama <laughs> apt to do here? But um, do you think there'll be a time shift? <sighs> I'm going to say yes to that because they need time to heal. Uh-huh. Um, you know, there are sensu beans, but we haven't really heard any mention of that anywhere. And I was thinking about that this volume, too. Well, like, we kind of oh. did. When Goku um, got back to Earth and he was flying down, Karin threw him. The way he phrased it wasn't particularly clear. We couldn't tell if they were the last two or the two that he had on hand to him. Right. And, well, we don't really know where they come from or anything like that. So we don't know if there's, like, a reproductive thing that they could just randomly... We've seen a little bit. Basically, Karin just kind of has a pot. And Yajirobe ate most of them. Oh, I missed it. <laughs> so okay. that was a while ago. Yeah. All right. Well, well, I guess somewhere there they have to recover either way. Okay. So there's got to be some time to you know sort of be like a part two of this fight, if anything. That or or some greater threat comes in. So I'm gonna decide that uh, there will be a, a pausing time. So this is going to be a manga that, like, is, you know, maybe some more training. Uh, but I think that there might be another uh, another obstacle in the way. Okay. And I would like to point out that you absolutely do not know. You haven't looked through the next volume. Nope. You don't know what's going on. Nope. Because in, in the past, you've had some really, really interesting, not always correct. And I'm, of course, not going to say whether you're correct here or not. Um, but I always love hearing what you have to say. Because to me, it, I don't know if it proves one way or the other Toriyama's talent. Does he make it seem like there's an 
obvious course of action or does he throw a wrench into the mix? Uh, you know what I mean there? Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's something I have to say about this volume in particular is that he does, I don't know, Toriyama is a really awesome writer. He does this really good, I guess you could call it like a sine wave of, of action, you know, like where there's, there's action, there's, there's recovery, action recovery sort of thing. Like he has the, the, this great structure to, you know, have these really, traumatic things happen and then some really good things happen and then you know every problem has a resolution and i mean i could be wrong about that with some uh specific examples but i think in the overall structure this is like just another volume where it it hits the peak of you know traumatic stuff and so it should tail off and become like another recovery moment i literally have nothing else to discuss on this volume of the manga can we all agree that it was a good volume i i think it was a good volume i have a couple things i really don't like about it gohan's tail being the main one but everything else is pretty awesome the I agree. artwork like makes up for it makes you want to watch wrong. the anime too. Oh, totally! I'm like yeah. dying to watch a couple particular episodes here. Yeah, I'm kind of like just all squee, like wow, I want to see this animated. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just want to hear Vegeta talk. Dude, I don't know why. Do- I'm in a I mood totally, where I just want to hear him talk. Dude, I totally agree. Ryo you know Horikawa so with the scientific explanation, just being a total cocky badass, just wonderful stuff there.月の光は太陽光が跳ね返ったもの。月に照り返された時のみ太陽光にはブルーツ波が含まれるのだ。そのブルーツ波が満月になると千七百万ゼノという数値を超えるのだ。何ってあんだあいつ。千七百万ゼ
This will take me two years. You go ahead. <laughs> okay. Number one, Kiseki no Bigu Fighto. That's a GBZ movie 10 ending theme. Hero, Kimigai Hero. It's a movie 6 ending theme. Mind Power. And he says, good news for Mary. And now a fan of Mind Power. That was episode 140, I think. Trunks flashback. Hikari no Tabi, which is the Bardock special closing theme. Children of the Dawn, which yes! is just an image song. I know you like I that. I freaking love Children of the Dawn. Power of Smile. I love powers. Which is the first DBZ closing theme. And finally, Brain Dance. I love Brain Dance! <laughs> you picked all the image songs from everyone. <laughs> Jeff, continue here. Now, don't get me wrong. It's a great CD, and I do not regret buying it. I really did enjoy the songs I liked. However, I feel that since I had virtually no familiarity with the Japanese music, I could not enjoy as well as, say, dub music. If you end up reading this on the podcast, then let me say this. If any of you listeners plan on getting this, I think you should have a little bit of familiarity with the Japanese language and of the music itself. That way, you, Amy, (laughs) you may be able to enjoy way more than I did. It is a great CD, though, so buy it if you can. Remember that even though it's a good CD, I just didn't like it as well as I would have if I knew a little more Japanese. Ironically, this is also a good way to introduce yourself to the music. In any case, that's my review. I hope you aren't too sad, but hey, hopefully someone else will get the CD and give a better review. I think you covered a lot of great stuff here. Uh, Willie, and one of them is that you don't have a huge familiarity with the music and you're saying, well, if I did, maybe I would have enjoyed it a little better. But I think you complimented that perfectly at the end where you said, well, on the other hand, it's a great introduction to it. And that's one of the reasons why I think this is a great set to pick up and that it's all of the movie closing themes, you know, most of the insert songs, openings and endings. What I'm really hoping, uh, and this is something I went through myself when I first got into it and I picked up a lot of Japanese CDs. I didn't know a lot of the songs, but as I continued watching the show, as I continued watching the movies, and that would be in Japanese, I would become familiar with the songs. For example, all the movie closing themes. I might have them on CD. Like, for example, I picked up the Never Ending Story 2 disc set way way early on and I didn't know some of these songs I didn't know Kimi Guy Hero and then years later I got DBZ Movie 6 and like loved that movie to death and saw the ending theme in context with the movie and totally fell in love with it and I said oh crap I have this song on CD so there's a huge potential for something like that and I think you covered everything pretty well. It is really, really, I don't want to say off-putting, but maybe for some dub fans it is, to suddenly jump into the Japanese music. And what's interesting is that there's no score here. It's not Shunsuke Kikuchi's uh, background music score for the series. These are all vocal themes and a couple image songs as well. So that's a little bit of context. Jeff, uh, have you had any similar experiences where maybe you got the music ahead of what you saw or picked up a CD later on? That is funny because I was just going to ask you if you you were uh, ever sort of disappointed, I I guess disappointed is the right word, but yeah, yeah, disappointed that I didn't actually know Hedchala of all things. Like the <laughs> right. only thing, I, I mean, when I had the VHS tapes, I didn't really remember the opening at all. I just, it just went straight into the episode. Uh-huh. And Cartoon Network never played the opening. They well, especially went, with Dragon Ball, where they replaced all the music in right. it. So, yeah. Exactly. So to, to get into Hedchala so much later, you could kind of say that I'm going through the same experience. Especially with this. when you're not in 1989. Right. I mean, there's no way we can't acknowledge that Hedchala is a Japanese song from 1989. Yeah, you kind of have to give that love it to death but yeah like you and i were talking about in the last vg combos we'll mention soon where i'm playing ff6 now i have to acknowledge that it's not from 2008 right (laughs) yeah exactly stuff exactly it's not a a sign eight bit game in 2008 it's like 19 whatever 16 bit 16 bit thank you (laughs) anyways um yeah i i think that uh with a lot of the music that i'm hearing in well i mean 
let's face it. A lot of the music that I'm listening to from the original show is the bumper music on your show. <laughs> Fair so, enough. You know, like I haven't exactly been given the CDs yet to listen to. How about something like Ava, though? I mean, that's when I think of you in anime, I think of Evangelion first. Oh, sure. Uh, did you pick up any soundtracks? Uh, maybe something like the end of Ava soundtrack before or after you saw the movie? Things like Tumbling Down. Is that the actual name of the song? I can't remember off it's, the top of my head. Uh, Thanatos, If I Can't Be Yours, I think is actually the name of the song. I just call it Tumbling Down because it's <laughs> easier to call it. It's that. Joy's absolute favorite song. Is it? It's the most depressing thing ever. It's her favorite song. I hate it. <laughs> it's a really depressing song to I love. I really hated that song, actually, which uh, I have openly admitted to. But, but maybe yeah. give me some parallels here with Ava and music and how you came to approach it. Or, not know, that Ava's music was replaced, so it's right. not quite perfect. Yeah, exactly. Well, well, it's sort of funny because um, Ava's music I actually am not that much into. Uh, it's a bit too background for my taste. Okay. The uh, the movie really is where they took it, like the mu- the music sort of left the background and became much more of uh you know something that they edited around. Right, right. So there's totally. like there's there's a Johann Sebastian Bach song in there that they redid that's absolutely gorgeous on the movie soundtrack. But that's something that I had already known. So anything that's purely Japanese, I really didn't get a feel for it. I couldn't really get into it. Now I know the themes by heart, and I could totally replay it in my head, note for note. But if you, if I were to get a CD, I don't think I would have any interest in actually buying the CD. I would listen to it if I borrowed it, but I wouldn't really buy it. So in terms of listening to the original anime music, I can kind of understand that, but I think it's more of a series by series uh, basis, because I can tell Makes you, sense. if I listen to, to uh, if I watch Haibane Renmei, I'll stop it in the middle and listen to the soundtrack, because that soundtrack is amazing all the way through. Who did the music for that? I don't remember. Oh. I, I actually haven't seen it. Mm, I don't know the name, I'm afraid. That's fine. I just like putting you on the spot. Continue. Oh, well, fine. Thank you. <laughs> My music geekery has been challenged, but, you know, I think it actually does depend on the anime, on the soundtrack, because, you know, I could say Hack Sign is also a really good soundtrack. Ragnarok Online freaking had an amazing soundtrack, for God's sakes. So there's there's parallels, but, you know, I think it has more to do with the anime. I think I've mentioned this on the show before, but another series that had its music replaced, uh, more or less, this m- movie as a whole had its entire soundtrack replaced. That's the first Pokemon movie. I know I've mentioned this before. <laughs> that was the first thing I got, or maybe it was the second thing, I got on eBay was the soundtrack to the first Pokemon movie because I just fell in love with the music. I don't know what that has to do with anything, but I wanted to mention that because it was... A, a series that had its music replaced. I guess I never really answered your question, Mike. Yeah, I, I don't think so. No, I That's fine. That, every time you ask me a question, it goes off. I know. Tangent. I never get an answer out of you. No. Well, uh, let me say this. I haven't really had the experience of a series where the music was changed. Okay. That's fair enough. Because I either watched the this fan subs. This is something subs. we've lived with for right. over a decade. Right. Exactly. So. Well, I mean, I've watched the fan subs. I don't really watch the TV broadcast of it. Like, the ones that I do watch, like Utena, uh-huh. they do keep the original music. Why would you watch the dub of Utena? Well, because it's on Funimation Channel nothing else is on. Oh, my God. It's so awesome. I know, but seriously, they kept the music. Let's read another email. All right. I don't want to get into this discussion of that show. music is awesome. Thank you. And the music Sword is. Sword fight music. Yeah. That was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so awful. <laughs> but I was desperate for something to watch a couple weeks ago during my lunch break because I forgot to bring a DVD with me, so I watched an episode of Utena dubbed on On Demand. And oh my god. Oh, seeing that theme live was awesome, guys. Oh my god. Yeah. Yes, it was. Ah. Jeff, yes. read one more email for us. Okay, this one says, Hey, DieZX Podcasters, this is Xbryon. I hope I pronounced that right. Bryon? Bryon. Bryon. There's a pronunciation guy, but we're not sure how to pronounce, pronounce, pronounce the pronouncings. 
Ex- That's how I'll say it. Ex-Brian. 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 From the forums. <laughs> Though I barely have any posts on their lol. I'm a 15-year-old Chinese girl from Canada who's actually not embarrassed about still liking DBZ. Good for you. I was wondering what your opinions about Brad Swale? I think so. Brad Swale. Doing the voice for Yagami Raito. Yagami. Yagami. Don't talk like you're from Ocean. Hanakanaru Dansetsu. <laughs> I'm so glad you remember that. <laughs> or Light Yagami. Whichever you prefer. And Brian Drummond as Ryuku Ryuk for the Death Note dub. I think it's technically DBZ related since he was the voice actor for Teen Gohan. What? Um, UK English dub. Personally, I can't stand the dub because I just don't like them in general. And when I tried to watch it all, all I could hear was the great Saiyaman and Vegeta. Saiyaman. Thank you. To be fair, compared to other dubs, it wasn't that bad, I suppose. But I suppose the main reason I can't watch it is because, again, all I can hear are their DBZ roles. The podcast and website are great, and I'm glad to have actually found a reputable source of DBZ info that's not just full of stolen pictures and retarded rants about power levels. Uh, I can give you one if you want. Yeah, I could I could actually join in this discussion now. <laughs> yes! Not that I'm naming anyone. Also, I used to go on Mary's Temple of Trunks site when I was younger, so when I first heard her on the podcast, I'm like, Mary, like that Trunks website owner. Uh, O-Face. Ow. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, had to. Also in that one episode where Mike was reading out that requested creepy love poem, I think I popped a lung laughing. Anyways, sorry if my question has already been asked, and thanks for reading this. Which love poem was that? Uh, I requested creepy love poems for Julian. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> the reason I wanted to read this, and I don't mean this to make fun of everyone or anyone, in, but 15, when I was younger and went to Mary's website, Mary, you Okay, always- let's put this in perspective. Let's say she was going to my site when it first opened. 10 years ago she would have been five all right <laughs> the content on that site is so not appropriate for a five-year-old now i'm not was it sa- appropriate for you when you made it no very not appropriate <laughs> okay so she probably wasn't five let's tack right. an extra five years on that let's say she's 10 10 is still freaking young to be going to that but site. what i love is that you've had people even come up to you at conventions and say oh I'm- i went to your site when i was eight like i went to your site when you know i was 11 i, I, just I was like yeah yeah, I made it say when I was like 17. So I was like already way older than you. <laughs> way older than you should have been writing this stuff. Shut up! <laughs> I love it. I thought it was funny. You didn't go to my site, you bastard. After I met you, I did. Yeah. And some more work to do. <laughs> Ages are funny. Uh so are dubs. Um, briefly, we've watched a little bit of the uh, Death Note dub here and there. I think it's all right. I think it's definitely on the better end of dub of the dub spectrum. There's but. so many things I could talk about with dubs today over the last few years. The Death Note dub is definitely one of the better ones that's out there. Um, Brian Drummond, I hear a little bit of Vegeta in there with the cackling here and there. Kind of what he was known for with his laughs in seasons one and two. But I think he plays it well enough that you don't quite get just Vegeta in there. Brad Swale, you're a Ranma fan, so when you hear that voice, you I hear... I love Brad Swale. I hear Moose. I hear... Nightcrawler? I hear... Well, yeah, Nightcrawler a little bit. I just hear uh, Katra from Gundam Wing. I hear anyone who's who he's ever done. I it's actually, the exact same voice for every single I know, character. and yet I still love him. I think he's awesome. I think he's actually a decent actor as far as, you know, dub voice acting is concerned. I don't know. He doesn't bother me that much compared to other voice actors. Uh, that's fair enough. Not that I've seen that many dubs. I'm still 
still kind of stuck in like you know the 90s as right, far as right. dubs go. The Ranma era ocean dubs is pretty. And Ranma wasn't remember. even that good, so I don't know what my deal is. I think that uh, more or less answers the questions that were in here. Uh, Jeff, yes, you're Mike. my email guy. Oh, really? So if people have questions, comments, concerns, hopes, dreams, aspirations, you know the drill for this show. I do. Well, nah, maybe you do. Have I'm you starting seen? to mix them up, man. <laughs> you have sent an email to the show before. I'm yes, I have. Nice. Where do you send the emails to this show? Around the corner and <laughs> knock on the door and just leave it on the door. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. You send them to podcast at dizex.com. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at D-A-I-Z-E-X.com. Thank you very much. You're welcome. That's it for this show. We had a very long, in-depth conversation on the manga because that's basically all we had for this episode. And I got to say, that's probably going to be it for the entire month of October. I guarantee nothing else because, Mary, one week from when this show goes up, yes, we will be married. Yes. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, it's fantastic. After eight long years. Yeah, tell me about it. Tell me about it. Well, why am I telling you about it? You could have proposed any time. No arguing yet. (laughs) You're not married yet. Wait until the rings are on the fingers. We're allowed to afterwards? Well, I mean, isn't that the norm? (laughs) We will have fisticuffs. Right. And then a week after that, we go on the honeymoon. So And that goes into the week after that. Right. So I think that's kind of... It for October. Bye, y'all. <laughs> it's Actually, been nice no. knowing you. We'll we, have an episode next week. We'll I never. Think. No, we won't. Let's see. I mean, oh, that's why you need to put it up on Sunday. And I'm not gonna have any time for like no. Thursday through Monday. I'm not doing an episode next week. Okay. Fuck that. You can put it up on like Tuesday. No. However, we will give you something, Jeff. Yes. We'll give you Jeff. <laughs> yeah, what? We'll give you Jeff. What? What? Take my Jeff, please. No. No. Wait. <laughs> Lols. Raffles. Malau. <laughs> Jeff. Yes. You <laughs> you were here what day was it? Was it Friday night? Uh was it? yes. Yes, you were here Friday night. Yeah. Mr. Deluxe was here Friday night. Yes, yes. We recorded about forty five minutes for episode four of VG Combos. That's right. By the time you hear this, the show is either uh already up or going up, so you can go check that out. That is our side podcast. We talk about video games. Actually, if you're a longtime Dyson 2 EX listener, you'll have already heard the topic on that show. But there's plenty of new material to listen to regardless, so definitely check that out. Jeff. You can listen to that show over. I'll let you plug it because you do cool things there. That's right. If you want to listen to our awesome VGConvos.com, the podcast, which I think it's called, we don't really know yet, you can go to VGConvos.com. That's V-G-C-O-N-V-O-S.com. Thank you oh so much. So people can check you out there. Oh, check me out a lot, please. Jeff, I check you out every day. Awkward. <laughs> I'm over at the windows. <laughs> That's really awkward. in. Except you put up the, like the Halloween stuff with the cat so it can't peek in as well why do you think they're up there <laughs> damn it mary <laughs> yes get rid of you i run a site for five-year-olds <laughs> <laughs> uh you're going to be arrested this week <laughs> <laughs> oh shit edit 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 there is no editing to be had here. It's the end of the show. There comes a point in the show where I stop editing and I just leave it all in. Mary. Yes. Five-year-olds can go too. <laughs> if they so choose. Kindergarten, hopefully. To, yeah, kindergarten is better than this site, I tell you. Uh, www.templeotrunks.com. Thank now you. featuring no updates since April. Yeah. Rock on. Didn't you even put up like a link? 
to the Street Fighter video or anything? No, I didn't bother. I, I really should. Awesome. I guess not even it. Oticon, actually. No. You can just leech off of it. Oh, I'll work here. on it. I'll get to it eventually. Well, who cares? You got more important things to worry about I right do. now. I do. That's sad. You know, this week you didn't demand that I put out an episode. Actually, you kind of did de- demand that I put out an episode next week. You're like, ooh, ooh, the, the, the priorities. You got to put out. I know. Content. Why am I telling you to try and put out an episode next week? Am I insane? I think you're I guess right. I forgot that next Sunday, not this Sunday, but the Sunday after that's the way. It's weird to be saying that because it's Tuesday now. I know. That's why I'm many so many days. <laughs> <gasps> All right. Good time. So hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, for the rest of the month, check out VG Combos. Jeff, you'll have to keep things going over there. Put up some blog entries. Keep people entertained keep me entertained oh my god it's up to me now it's up to you oh andrew can only write three sentences at a time holy crap (laughs) i have to be the grammar nazi on that website now spell complaints wrong (laughs) that's awesome yeah yeah i'm I'm gonna have to uh definitely post some stuff well i have to do my my lovely spore review for uh for all the different games so that and i'm gonna um, put up a challenge to you uh i'll make a post i'll probably do it at some point tomorrow okay but anyway, yeah, check out that stuff yes. over there. For Jeff over here. Bye. See him at VG Combos. For Mary over here. Hi, and bye. Don't go to the Temple of Trunks because it's inappropriate for people under or over the age of five. <laughs> Make up your mind. For Julian off in Japan with amazing sideburns and just a hint of facial hair and looking like quite the upstanding citizen. <laughs> that leaves me. My name is Mike. Also with sideburns. Also and- with sideburns. And a little bit of facial hair because it's been many hours since I shaved. Mike. Vegeta WX, happy me, and Daisen Shuiek Subodakastu Konjumo Kite Kudesate Arigato Gozaimas. Jikai wo Otanushimi! Hello, this is Mike. I am the Jeff. And I be Mary. Hmm. Hmm. Yes. Podcast we record. Hmm. Yes. Delicious. <coughs> Cell phones. Line in. <laughs> I hate you both. <laughs> Look at the waveform on that. <laughs> <laughs> Stop ruining my waveform. All right. Good. Good.